1: That's my old girlfriend. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Father's Day Sunday. And it looks good. If you like hot weather, a little bit of southwest wind, today's your day. (laughs) Let's see what kind of day it is for Captain Lynn Smith down in Port O'Connor this morning. Good morning, Lynn. What's up, man? (laughs) Well, good morning. Happy Father's Day. You too, buddy.
2: Well, I just opened the front door, and and that that hot <laughs> southwest wind just almost took my breath away.
1: <laughs> yeah, buddy.
2: <laughs> oh man,
1: oh just nothing like it, is it? Oh man, uh-huh. I was out milling around between about one and two o'clock yesterday afternoon in the yard, and I go, this is not good. I, I no, I don't like I just that. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I just I just did seven
2: days straight. Oh and, lord. Uh, Oh man, I'm I'm tired. I bet you, <laughs> I you
1: are, man.
2: Yeah, I said, man, I'm gonna take a few days off and kind of kick back. I got to do a little work on my boat, and boy, I tell you
1: what, it takes it out of you. That hot sun will do it. Yeah, it it drains you, and it just sucks the life out of you. you Thank just, goodness I've got a teacup. You t-top just want to get my- home, back your boat in, and uh, go hit the AC and chill out for a few hours. I'm telling you,
0: I don't cool know how.
1: I don't know how some of these guys fish without a T-top
2: on their boat. I, I just don't know how they do it. You know, a little shade goes a long way. I'll it does. I guarantee you. Uh, I was, uh, a few years ago, I was out in the surf with some guys, and, and, man, it was it was like in August, you know, and it was hot, hot. And um, one of the guys got up in the front, and he came around. I was sitting under that, under that T-top, and this guy came around where I was, and he went, oh, my God goodness man it, it's got to be 20 degrees cooler back here i said <laughs> yeah well, well my mama didn't raise a fool <laughs> i guarantee you man uh, i said it's i stay under that shade i guarantee you
1: yeah it, but, it uh, uh, makes a big difference <laughs> it depending does on how long you're out there too how long you've been fishing that's right that's right
2: i uh, yesterday was a fine example man i I had a, a father, and his uh, he had uh, two sons and a daughter, and his uh, daughter was, uh, I think she was 13, that's what she was, and then the, had the two young sons, and I figured, well, this isn't going to last long, you know, we're not going to be out there very long, it was going to be a half-day trip, and and um, so I figured, well, it won't last long, and it was kind of funny, because I always tell people when they book a trip like that, on hot, hot days, and and I and I tell the fathers I go. Let me tell you what: when the kids start playing in the live well, it's over. You know, you know it's over because their yeah. their attention span is, is gone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you could be catching ten pound trout every cast, and they're playing in the live well. It's over.
1: You know? Yeah, pretty much.
2: And, and it happened yesterday. It was
1: I started kind
2: of laughing because <laughs> uh, there's one one boy. He was. He was back there playing in the live well at about 8.30, you know. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's over. And uh, I think we left about 10 o'clock. It was done. And, uh, man, it got started getting hot. It really did. And, you know, the only saving grace was we had a little cloud cover early. But, boy, once that cloud cover got out of here, it started getting hot.
1: Yeah, it's – uh. Uh, you know, it just, it is what it is, man. Air stagnation advisories and, you know, poor air quality and then smoke from the, you know, fires in yeah. Mexico coming with that southwest breeze and oh yeah, combination everything. And they had a tournament here
2: yesterday or, or two. I think probably had two.
1: Yeah, I think there and- was three or four here.
2: Oh, there probably was here, too. But they had boats lined up down the intercoastal yesterday morning, Mm. ready for a shotgun start, you know. And uh, I I told my customers, I said, I I got a feeling they're going to be leaving about six. uh, Because they were lined up, boy. I said, "Uh, we got two choices to make. We either leave early, ahead of them, or we wait till they leave, you know. So I said, well, I think we can get out of here before they leave and so we did and uh we took off before they took off but uh i, I went to this one spot that uh i said we we've got to get out of this wind i mean i guarantee you you couldn't keep your hat on it was blowing so hard and uh we got to get out of the wind and i got to find a spot where i can fish these kids you know and um uh, so i went to this one spot that had been catching some trout and um uh, I eased in there and, and uh, anchored up, got them all set up and everything. We're, we're just getting set up, and man, uh, here came this one boat, all wrapped, and I think he probably had about a four hundred on it, and he came roaring by us, probably within about fifty yards or less. He was less than fifty yards. Yeah, just blew by me, you know, and uh, two guys on it, and uh, this girl, that that young girl. She looked around, and she went, well, that hurt our fishing. I went, well, it won't help. No, it (laughs) won't help. (laughs) And I said, this is Saturday, and you just have to realize this is what happens on Saturday. You know,
1: it's just typical. Yeah. It really is. Well, it don't have to be. You know, people should, you know, just be a little more respectful of others.
0: Yeah, they they do. Seriously, you
1: know. Yeah, I know. But you can but, talk to your blue in the face and it, it won't do you any good. It just, uh, no. People are in their own world and uh, they just, I guess they don't care. I, or They don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, uh, if I, I don't know. Something like that, somebody would be on the 6 o'clock news.
2: <laughs> it would be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you exactly. Know? But what they don't understand,
2: their boats are real recognizable, you know, and. I mean, you, you, you know who they are, you know. Right. They come blowing by. Their, it's like a big sign on the side of their boat. You know, they're tournament fishermen or whatever. And so, anyway, they came blow, blowing by us. But uh, it was crazy, crazy out there. A little there fly
1: yesterday. by and a chop up.
2: <laughs> That's it, man.
1: Wake them up. <laughs>
2: oh, man. Yeah, it, it was pretty wild. But there were a lot of people in town yesterday. That's for sure. My goodness. That's, yeah. Well, like I
1: said, it was a typical Saturday. Yeah. It's it's just starting. Summer's just starting, really. Yeah, we're not. I'm just not seeing that kind of pressure here, especially up my way. It's just uh, not a lot of. Mm-hmm. Well, if fishing was good and the weather was good, it'd be it'd be better or worse. It yeah. Depends on how you look at it. Or that glass yeah. is half full or half empty, but it, uh, yeah. our fish is yeah. pretty, uh, pretty rotten right now. Boy, i tell you what they, uh,
2: they had, uh, one of the tournaments yesterday was an offshore tournament
1: here. Yeah. A bit a little bumpy offshore. You think busting through those POC jetties? Oh man. I wouldn't well, want to be in that tournament. No, nah, uh, Anybody had never gone through them jetties on adverse conditions, they had never had a boat ride. Ooh, man. I remember uh,
2: when Poco, you know, they they used to lead the the, uh, pilot boat, used to lead the the boats out, and uh, they would lead them out. And when the pilot boat got to the jetties, he'd peel off, and then they (laughs) would just shower down on it, boy. You know, those big sport fishermen, you know. <laughs> and, boy, I'm telling you what, can you imagine the waves between the jetties oh, going goodness. out? Oh, I mean, it was like the North Sea.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, man.
1: Hey, and a, I mean, it, you know, you got an offshore wind, you know, up 25 knots and blowing in the jetties with an outgoing tide. Boy, it, oh it gets goodness. nasty. Real it's nasty. like the North Sea, off the you know, end I've of the I've seen North, the Mississippi uh, River get like that in tournaments down there. Boy, that place, oh. you know, you think a river ought to be calm, but, hey, that Mississippi River gets just plumb nasty.
2: Uh, I remember that this friend of mine that had those big boats that uh, ran this past, and he'd always fish the, uh, the Poco. And uh, the first year that they allowed the boats to stay out, And not come back in to Port O'Connor if you didn't have a a fish to weigh in. Right. say, okay, you can just go ahead and stay out. Well, the wind was howling and the the waves were tremendous out there. And those boats that they fished with out there were over 100 feet long. And they were big boats. And he said, man, it was so rough. He said, you couldn't sleep because the boats would roll and throw you out of the bunks. Oh, boy. He said it was unbelievable laugh at sea <laughs> now i'm telling you man well you know i worked overseas one year i spent a year in norway and uh, in oslo and uh I, I, we were designing a rig for the north sea and i worked with uh some brits and this one brit i talked to i said uh i said you've been out on the north sea And he she said oh yeah i said what's the tallest waves you ever saw out there he said well one winter and he said winters are the worst right he said we had a I worked on a rig out there. We had a platform set at 106 feet above sea level, and we had two firewater pumps on it. And he said, we had to pull those pumps twice in one week because they got swamped. Now, that's some waves, buddy. That is some wave height.
1: Yes, they're over 100 feet. That's crazy. Yep, that's crazy. I mean, and how do they, said, get, you know, like these boats that go out to these rigs, you know, when they got sixty and eighty foot seas? I guess they don't try to, you know. Oh, I don't know. How offload anybody? That. I mean, how does that work? Uh, that I don't know. Uh,
2: they'd have to use choppers, I would guess.
1: You'd have to. <clears throat> yeah, he
2: said he was out on one rig and he looked out, and uh, he said he looked up and there was a ship out there. He <laughs> said it would go up on top of one of the waves and. They'd Be up there and they'd go down and it'd disappear and it'd be down for a few, about a minute or so and or whatever and they'd come back up. and He said, Oh my goodness, he said, Who in the world is out here with this? And they said, It's Norwegian <laughs> fishermen. So you got
1: to be kidding me. <laughs> oh my goodness, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, just look what those guys go through those crab fishermen up in Alaska, man. You know, all the yeah. deadliest catch bunch, you know, we've oh, seen. We've seen it on TV, some gnarly stuff, but that North Sea, that uh, I've heard yeah. tons of stories out of that place. Oh, I could imagine. They Don't lose some tide exchanges days? that are like twenty or thirty feet or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well I went to Alaska fishing with a bunch of guys once and, and uh I mean where we were fishing, uh the tide difference was sixteen feet. Man. Yeah, sixteen foot tide difference. Boy. I mean, we think we've got a big tide difference. If it, if it's a foot, you know? yeah,
1: we get we get a two footer in coming or outgoing. We're thinking, man, this is unbelievable. That's uh, oh yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> Those tides over there, are like you know, commode flushers, they're terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean,
2: it. It, oh that that's a tide, buddy. That is a tide. yeah, it is.
1: Let me do this break, Lynn. Hang on, buddy. I'll be right back right. to you. All right. Well, you know, Texan Roofing, they're the people I trust. Texan Roofing covers Houston and surrounding areas, and Texan Roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement. And Texan Roofing has the Better Business Bureau a rating with no complaints ever, and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. In Texan Roofing, they found the majority of jobs they do, they offered the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty along with their Honest Roof Inspections, A-plus Management. These are reasons to call Texan Roofing. And uh, if you call them, tell them you heard about it right here on the Outdoor Show, and Tim and his staff, they'll all work with you directly and do a superior job for you. Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600, 281-391-9600, or go to texanroofing.com. And when you call the good folks at Texan Roofing, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio
2: 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
1: Good morning, welcome back to the sports Radio six ten outdoor show Five seventeen here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we are back, my friend. you bet you
0: you know
2: these kids these uh young kids these days they're gonna be super fishermen because they um they were just uh just staring at that g p s um you know, I got the satellite imaging on my g p s and mm. and uh boy, they were just fascinated you know how kids love you know computer games anyway. And, well, they're uh,
1: into all that big time these oh, days.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was trying to, I was, I would zero in on little guts and stuff like that. And, uh, boy, they were just fascinated with that, that GPS. And uh-huh. uh, it couldn't keep her eyes off of it, you know. So they're going to be good fishermen. They are, guarantee you. By the time they're up to... You know, middle age and and uh, have their own boats and stuff like that. There's no telling what the GPS's will be like. It'll be unreal.
1: You know, we say it all. That's... We've been saying it for over 40 years. I mean, how much better can it get? You know, equipment oh. and electronics and everything. It just here it comes. Oh, it just keeps coming.
2: You. I mean, you know, I, I can remember the you know the little handhelds we had. We couldn't believe it. You know. Uh, I, I remember this one reef that came off uh, one of the islands here, and uh, went out, and I, I knew that the, there had to be there had to be the end of this reef. I said this this got to be the end of this reef because every time I, I drifted across this reef, we'd pick up trout, a trout or two, and I'd I'd idle back around and make another drift, and I and I hit this waypoint. I'd hit a waypoint on it.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: said that's got to be the end of that reef, you know. Well, then they came out, Garmin came out with Blue Chart, and uh, when they came out with that Blue Chart, well, I, uh, I bought a new GPS, and uh, I downloaded these waypoints into it, and uh, first, first time I used that, that new GPS, I was running out across that bay, and I said, oh, I'm going to see if I was, if I was right, if, if, it, if that was the end of that reef, because it showed the, the underwater reef on that GPS. Right. Well, sure enough, there was my two waypoints that I had locked in with that handheld, and they were right there off the end of the. Right that on the money. Right on the money. It was.
1: I said, "Hmm, I was right." Yep. <laughs>
2: there it was. But uh, well, I mean, you if were we were using, buried...
1: using your own skills and uh yep. to figure That's it right. out on your own. Now they, they take all the guesswork out of it, and it they uh, do. You know, these younger folks don't realize what we went through learning all this. You know, way back in the day, up to now, how That's how right. different it is, and what we had to do. You know, without electronics and everything, we just did it. Oh, exactly right. Yeah, just hit and miss.
2: You know, and. Uh...
1: And we just like figure out
2: we'd work our way down that reef and say this has got to be the end of this reef, and that's why where those trout are, you know, exactly they're off the end of that reef. And uh, yep,
1: we learned from from hit and miss,
2: you know. But um,
1: now we had you know GPS to run by. We always did everything on compass. That's right. And then exactly. if, if you're looking for a spot, you know, a reef that you found. You just triangulate it with other objects on the horizon mm-hmm. to get you close to you found it. That's, that's right. We had a
2: we had a guy here years and years ago, uh and he would he would go out on the bay, now this is way way before GPS. And like you say, he would, you know, just go by looking in the in the distance and and using angles, you know, and he would fish reefs. And if he saw another boat coming from way off, he'd pull up anchor and leave. He didn't oh, yeah. want people knowing. He didn't. He didn't want anybody knowing where he was. You know. I mean, you know, he just he had his spots, boy. He did. They have pulled up so many rigs out here in the bays, you know, that uh, that people don't know where they were. I've got a lot of waypoints on. um, uh, on old uh, well heads, such as that, that a lot of shrimpers shrimpers knew where they were. They they mm-hmm. had the waypoints. Way of course, they didn't want to run over those well heads. But um, those are still still good to know. I I had here a while back. I, I had this one waypoint on a on an old well pad, and uh, I went by it, and I said, I'm I'm gonna see if that pad is still there. And I turned on my side scan and uh idle buy it sure enough you could see the pad you know i said yep there it is
1: you can see the the shell on it yeah Trinity yeah. bay had so many you know hundreds of wells all through the middle of it and oh yeah i know i've got probably at least three quarters of them you know in memory in my mm-hmm. in my units but uh the problem i have now that you know they pulled them all up i've still got the numbers but there's nothing there anymore yeah there's still had all these floods you know we had ike the hurricane ike and then all the floods behind it and they've silted over or either just died and just become flat yeah. there's no there's no hump yeah. there anymore yeah and uh that's a shame cuz boy I got yeah. some numbers i mean there's some i mean what i used to call sugar wells i mean when the middle of the bay would filled up in the summertime, all the wells would get fish on them on the pads. Right. I had about a dozen of them that I called sugar wells that just, uh, man, they just paid off with big fish and lots of them. Oh day yeah. In and day out. I mean, conditions yeah. prevail, you know, it's gotta be calm. Oh
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've got some numbers that I've, I went to one of the wells that I used to really do good at, you know, during the middle of the summer, some deep wells and, uh, I ran out there last year, I guess it was, and, uh, of course, there's nothing there anymore. You know, the platform's gone, everything, the well heads, everything. And uh, I went all around in that area, and I couldn't even find anything, nothing. Yeah. And, um, you yeah, know, even with side scan, I
1: couldn't find a thing. They're so, gone. So uh, a lot of that's it's gone, yeah. No live shell left, and uh, it's just silted it over and just it's yeah. gone.
2: Yeah. So, you you know, that's that, what um, people
1: don't realize, you know, with Galveston Bay, our, our primary habitat is live oyster shell. I mean, that's the big yeah. deal here for our fish and bait and everything else, and we've lost two-thirds of that. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. See, that's uh, that's hurt us, too.
2: Um, you know, uh, there was a couple of oyster reefs that I used to like to fish uh, over in the uh, in mesquite bay and um uh, mm-hmm. in fact i uh, used to wade that little reef and I, I, I named it duck reef because i was wading down there one time with a buddy of mine and and uh we were wading it and it, it, there was a, a hen mallard a model duck and boy she, she had uh, four drakes chasing her <laughs> and uh and, boy, she'd get up, and, boy, she'd go, whack, 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 and she'd fly around, make a circle, and, and those four drakes were chasing her, boy. And then she'd make a circle and land back th- down again, and, and they'd land right behind her. And, man, they were after her, boy. Well, uh, so we named it Duck Reef. and uh, But these two reefs, these two archer reefs, were small. They were probably, oh, I don't know, uh, 20 yards in diameter, but there was a hole in between them, and every time I I weighed that area and weighed those two reefs, I'd always catch a real good trout, at least one, uh, in between those two reefs. Yeah, and so gut boy, that was them. A, that was a honey hole, boy, it was. Well, I went down there last year, and you can't even find the reefs. The oyster oh, guys wiped them out. They literally wiped out those two reefs. They're gone. you know. Oh. And, uh, and I said, oh, I couldn't believe this. They completely cleaned them out. And they were right, real close to shore. That that killed me, man, because that was See, a honey They hole came there. up
1: with a, with a law, a rule that they couldn't oyster so many yards from a shoreline. Huh. I know they did that up this way because, well, man, they were... All those good little toe heads and little nook and cranny spots that you wade fish, they'd just uh times to get lean on the bigger reefs and they'd come in there and get those bigger live oysters off of them and mm-hmm. uh they stopped doing that a few years back but it uh yeah. it didn't matter because Mother Nature you know destroyed the rest of it anyway with the you know with all the too high salinity rates. You know which hurt with you know the oyster drills and all that, and then we had Hurricane Ike that pushed yeah. all that silt everywhere, and then all those floods from twenty fifteen up to now and harvey was uh boy that rainfall out of that that was that was the toilet flusher right there, never seen yeah. I've never seen anything like that, never will, I won't live long enough to see another one of those, no doubt mm. man. Man, oh, man. How much
2: rain did y'all get from that? you remember?
1: Uh, on Cedar Bayou, Bayou in Baytown, 53 and a half inches. Oh, good grief. And uh, over towards Port Arthur, Bill Watkins was saying they had like 60-plus, some areas maybe 70 inches out of it.
2: Man, oh, man.
1: I didn't, mm. I didn't think it'd ever stop raining. <laughs> it was unreal. Good grief. A lot of water. Unbelievable, mm. yeah. I mean, it was that's just that's a flushing like, ball. I mean, uh, you know, the Houston Ship Channel, the San Jacinto River came up so high and so much. Cedar Bayou, I've you know I've lived there all my life, and it's you know it's just a bayou. You know, we used to water ski in it and all that, and it was it was up in the trees thirty feet. I've never seen anything like it. It looked like it looked like a raging river. Hm just a bayou.
2: Man, and homes man. and
1: areas flooded that never have in the history of my time anyway. Even the mm-hmm. old timers said they'd never seen anything like that. Man, oh man.
2: Well, Mother Nature can be cruel, I'll tell you. You know, Hurricane Carla hit here and uh, that was that was tough. That was in, in uh uh, 81, uh, 61, 61, I mean, 60. hmm Yeah. 61. And, uh, that lane road, uh, where Charlie's bait camp is, it wasn't there then, but, uh, Fulgham's, right. bait camp. Um, the only thing left standing was, was a telephone pole and it was leaning. My yeah. goodness. So, I mean, yeah, it, uh, it wiped out everything. There was a, uh. Remember all no the dead
1: harm- cattle after, uh, Hurricane Carla? Remember all the oh, yeah. videos on TV?
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know, you know where Ganeda is, right? Uh, on, right there,
2: at Highway 172 and 59. There was a shrimp boat in the field, right there.
1: My goodness.
2: Yeah. Right there in the field. I mean, that's how high the water got. Pushed boats all that way up, way up there. I mean, it. Um, that was a heck of a storm.
1: Yeah, we we uh, had all those monster tides over here off of Carla. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But there were some houses here that,
2: there were a few houses that did survive that storm here in Port O'Connor. And Mm -hmm. a friend of mine uh, has one now that that survived it. And he's right down the street from me here. And uh, I was over at his house one day, and he was remodeling the downstairs. And he said, let me show you something. And he was ripping out the sheetrock downstairs of his house and there was a water line uh in the walls and yeah, grass grass and mud really in the wall
1: yeah <laughs> oh, wow. from carla
2: that was that was crazy yeah. well, they, well that they, pretty they much wiped was,
1: indianola off the map right
2: oh yeah oh yeah
1: but the, supposedly there was
2: about 16 feet of water in in port o'connor right from carla but um if my house would have been here, which it wasn't, uh, my my floor right now is uh, elevation is 17 feet. My slab is eight feet above sea level, and then my floor I'm up on stilts, and my floor right. is 17 feet. Yeah, but uh,
1: well, if the tides and, were 16, then you put the wind and the waves on top of that, you'd have still got water.
2: Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, we didn't have a levee at that time. We didn't have a levee across the intercoastal.
1: Right. You didn't have that big so, berm there, Dewberry no. Island.
2: No, we didn't. So uh, there's a lot of difference, quite a bit of difference now, but you never know till it happens, you know.
1: You never know what will happen. No, you don't. Let me do this other so, break right quick, Lynn. You bet. All right. Well, you know, the 34th annual CCA Texas Star Tournament, it started Memorial Day weekend, and it's going to run all the way through Labor Day. You can fish all summer long for great prizes. It's all brought to you by your Texas Ford dealers, Tilson Homes, and Academy Sports and Outdoors. Sign up today. Take advantage of over a million dollars in prizes and scholarships for inshore and offshore divisions. 120 tag redfish have been released in Texas inshore waters and with other species like gaff top, drum, and sheephead to fish for. And you can actually offshore fish for great prizes when you catch red snapper, ling, dolphin, and kingfish. Just go to startournament.org for rules, entry, and prize information. And the CCA Texas Star Tournament is brought to you by great sponsors like Mercury Marine, Shiner Bock, Power, Polaris, Mouty Boats, texas fish and game magazine abc 13 Cryptek, and coastline trailers just to name a few again go to startournament.org call 713-626-4222 and get signed up today
0: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents the Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show 537 here on this Father's Day morning. And I hope everybody has a great day. It's good. It's our day. Let's put it that way. All right, Leon, we are back, my friend. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna
2: go up and pick my daughter up and bring her down to POC and, and uh here in a few days and and I'm just gonna spend a little time with her and uh take her fishing and go look for sand dollars.
1: There you go. A, you do that every little, year. Uh,
2: yeah, do it every year, Fourth of July week and uh, and
1: cool. just
2: kinda kick back. And uh she has a ball, boy. I, bet. I uh one year, I, it was kind of funny, it was during the fall, and, and uh, I ran into, into Pringle Lake, and, and uh, nobody was in there. there. wasn't a boat in there. And uh, I ran in and ran out in the middle, and, well, there was a big mud ball right out in the middle. Right. And uh, I ran around and kind of set up a drift, and, and I started drifting in that mud ball, and I had a gold spoon on one of my rods, and I threw it in there and hooked up, and I handed her the rod, and I said, here you go. And she said, "How big is he?" I said, "Oh, he's big." <laughs> boy, she <laughs> she started fighting that red boy, and uh, she caught six reds uh, up to about twenty six inches, and and now she thinks every time she comes down, it's going to be like that, <laughs> you know. Ruined but, her. Uh, so I, I did. I ruined her. She thinks it's great, okay. so she has a ball, and um, so anyway, she loves coming down fishing, and and uh, then I take her to the beach, and she loves to find those sand dollars man she goes crazy over that and uh, one year i gave her one of these glass boats uh from uh, hobby lobby and uh it's a glass boat about a foot and a half long and uh i filled it with sand dollars and boy yeah, she thought cool. that was fantastic you know
1: she thought that was something you know my mom and little sister used to do that and we'd be waiting to surf or fishing west bay or whatever back in the day they They'd walk that beach for hours picking up sand dollars. They had shoe boxes full of them. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, my mother would make, you know, get these big glass vases, you know, and fill them up with that and, and you know, certain, you know, seashells mm-hmm. and all that, you know, just kind of decorative stuff. You know how women like doing things like that.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right here will. from the
1: good old Gulf of Mexico.
2: That's it, man. You never know what you're going to find. You never know i was uh i found a i found a bottle one time a beer bottle and uh and it was a, a beer bottle it was a guinness beer bottle and uh it was uh i had writing on it you know well it, it was not writing but it was in, in on the bottle itself you know and uh i just kind of said well heck i just kind of held on to it until i got home and i started kind of cleaned it off and and I said, "Well, heck, it's uh, it this bottle was to commemorate the um, oh, a hundred years or something like that of Guinness beer."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I thought, "Well, man, this is interesting." So I I wrote Guinness and told them I found this beer bottle on the on the coast in here in Texas. And man, they wrote me back a real nice letter and all that, and told me that they dumped like a hundred thousand of these in the ocean <laughs> over <laughs> there. To commemorate
1: or over in Over in Ireland? Uh-huh. And
2: uh, they said that it was com- to commemorate the uh, 100th anniversary or something like that of, of Guinness beer. And uh, and they said that these things had been found in the Arctic and uh, all over. And they said, now on the Texas coast. And I said, oh, that's How about
1: that? I, I just tell you about the currents of the ocean and the sea on this planet.
2: Yeah, unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. But How they many said miles
1: that, did that roll on the bottom?
2: <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you. But they had a certificate uh, rolled up inside the bottles. Well, mine didn't have that. It was gone. But what they did, they sent me a certificate that had been in the bottle. Mm-hmm. And so I've got it framed in the house. Oh, be. Uh, yeah, but it's kind of neat. But uh, anyway... Was remember a, those kind of, uh,
1: way back when those uh, glass balls that Japanese fishing fleets would use? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember our beach yeah. house. We had about a dozen or so of those around, you know, that uh, the women had found on the beach.
2: I never found marsh- one of those, but I always wanted to, yeah. Yeah, they used to find those all the time years ago, but I never found one.
1: Wonder what they use those for? I guess to float the nets or long lines yeah. or what?
2: I guess to float the nets. Yep, I guess so. But oh. um, I'm just I'm just looking for a suitcase full of money on the beach. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, boy. Well, there's a lot of things found on the beach. You know, a lot of people they just they just live to use metal detectors and. They dig up oh, yeah. rings and jewelry and stuff out of the sand all the time, money.
2: Oh, I know. I know. When I worked over in Norway, I took my metal detector with me, and uh, I actually found a bunch of rings and coins and all kinds of stuff when I was over yeah. there. But, um, you know, nothing of any value, but I but I used it. I mean, it was a lot of fun. But, uh, boy, I thought I'd hit the mother load one time. A buddy of mine and I uh used to use our metal detectors in houston we'd go out playing all the time and we went to this whole uh, lot where an old house had been and it was gone the house was gone and we were playing around that lot all of a sudden i got a signal and and uh it was about the size of of like a uh, a little strong box you know and i thought hmm, somebody's buried a strong box here you know and i kept getting this signal and, I dig down a little deeper and, and kept getting stronger and stronger. Boy, you, know, you're, you just imagine what you're thinking, you know. And I dug down a little deeper a little deeper, and I'm thinking, oh, man, this, somebody's buried a box here, you know. Well, it was a license plate. A <laughs> <laughs> license plate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an old license oh, plate. Oh, man. Oh, man, I thought I had the mother load, boy. <laughs> I'll never forget that. But you never know what you're going to dig up. So it's a lot no. of fun. Yeah, you know, a lot of fun. But <laughs> oh. anyway, we used to we used to use those a lot. But you dig up a lot of old pull tabs. I'll guarantee you that from the old <laughs> days, the old beer. Can oh, pull remember tab. those
1: old beer cans? Just pull the tab off, throw it on the ground. Yeah.
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah, you you dig up a lot of those. But anyway, it was it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. I uh. I'd like to I'd like to be able to use one down in Port O'Connor uh, over on the island, but it'd be against the law. You know. It, uh, as far as the national park, you can't do that on a national park. Right. But um I imagine there's a lot of artifacts over there that that can be found.
1: Probably a lot of arsenal stuff too, you know, shell casings and Oh gosh, yes. Yeah, can you imagine? There might even be Hell some yeah. live bombs under the ground.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'd worry about that for sure. Remember,
1: when we were kids when they'd always uh, have those commercials on TV about blasting caps and all that. Don't touch it. Yep. yep. Remember that?
2: Oh sure. Well, I worried about that when uh, where my duck blind is over on the island. Uh, like I may have told you, where I'd I'd run my airboat over and park it, and then walk back to my blind. There were shell casings everywhere, like twenty right. millimeter shell casing brass. I mean, everywhere, and uh, I always wondered about that. Worried about that, you know, man. You don't know. You may step on a mine, you know.
1: Yeah, you think. Yeah, you think about it. That, uh, boy, can you imagine having to work your way through a minefield? I know. Huh.
2: I know, because that island, that whole island, was uh, was target range. Yeah, know, it was during the war. And uh, back when I uh, first started fishing Port O'Connor, there was still. Uh, targets up Uh, they had a big target up in pringle lake and uh, yeah i remember that well and um they had targets up all up and down the island if you fly over the island you see perfectly round potholes those are those are bomb craters yeah bomb
1: craters yeah Yeah. what about the army hole what how did that get its name well they,
2: they dredged that out and they were uh they were mooring their boats in there. Okay. That was That's where they, they had their boats. And it's still fairly deep in the middle. Um, it's probably 12 or 13 feet deep maybe in the middle, very middle of it. It's still a pretty good fishing place in the winter. I remember. Well, I
1: remember, you know, years back, you know, way back when we'd get freezes and, man, everybody would be talking about the Army holes just stacked with oh, fish yeah. in that deep water.
2: Oh yeah, oh I remember counting as many as fifty or sixty boats in there at one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, just side to side, you could you could hand a, a drink to the guy next to you. you know? Gunnel
1: bumping. Oh, it was. <laughs> Let's bump gunnels and catch trout. And,
2: and everybody were catching fish. You know, redfish and drum in the winter. Yeah. And uh, they were stacked in that hole, just stacked. Amazing. In that. Yeah. And uh, it was, it still is a good winter fishing hole. No doubt. I mean, well, I'm sure with, like, and,
1: these freezes now when the TPNW has their emergency areas that they close off, that's probably one of them, huh? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because those
1: fish will just go to those deep holes. You know, kind but like, like I the said, Mansfield it's not, Harbor and, you know.
2: Yeah. It's not as deep as it
1: used to be because it's silted
2: in a lot. Right. But it's still a good area, but uh, it's silted in a bunch there's a, there's a couple of pretty good sized alligators that live back in there too. So, you know, I've I've told you on the radio before there, there's one big one that lives back here, about a 10 footer, 10 or 12 footer. And uh, he's got a a slide back there and uh, there's a fence that runs back there in the back end of the army hole. And I took some guys back in there to fish and one day, and one of the guys wanted to wade. So I, He's over there on that south shoreline, dropped him off, and then I went back on the north side and uh, anchored up with uh, these other guys to fish. And I told him, I said, uh, now I didn't tell that guy about that big alligator over there. I said, y'all keep an eye on him. <laughs> and uh, He was walking along that shoreline casting, you know, and, and we were talking about him. I said, "Now y'all keep an eye on him. Well, when he got around by that fence, he all of a sudden he came to an abrupt stop you know and boy he turned uh-huh. around and he started hot footing it back you know and he got about back there when you get back to the back end that alligator has got a big slide area right and uh boy he hot footed back and he hollered at us to come get him <laughs> and so <laughs> we pulled up anchor and went over there to pick him up he said man there's a monster alligator over there <laughs> he'd walked right up on him and uh the alligator never got up. You know, he just lay in there in that slide. But he's about
1: a ten, ten or twelve footer. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's big. That's a That'll man get eater. your attention. Yeah, well, yeah, That's buddy. a man eater. Yes, sir.
2: That'll get well, your attention. I've had them.
1: Uh, I've had them uh, kind of try to cut me off from wading back to my boat. They'd go under. Yeah. You know, as long as I can see them, I'm okay. But when they go under and then they'll reposition. And they're right in mm-hmm. your path, headed back to you. I mean, that makes you nervous. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I've had them follow me around like a puppy dog wanting to get fish off my stringer. And I remember one day we were waiting at Refuge in Anahuac, and uh, Blaine and I, and he had like a five- or six-footer was just puppy-dogging him, man. I mean, just mm-hmm. wanting his fish. And Blaine had reached down there. He'd hold his rod up high, and he'd just hit him in the head with the butt of it. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> – Man, you're going to make him mad. He said, "No, when I do that, he'll swim off about fifty yards and leave me alone for a while." I mean, that just that uh, makes me nervous. Yeah.
2: Well, when they're that size, they don't bother me. You know. Yeah, they, they but no, bother.
1: when they get up ten, you know, well, really eight, nine feet plus, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, I'll let them have it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I grew up with them around Port Arthur, you know, so they don't they don't scare me till they get up around ten feet. Then they, then they kind of bother me, yeah. But, uh,
1: yeah, they can hurt you.
2: They can hurt you. But, <laughs> Scott uh,
1: Hickman just sent me a picture. He's listening to the show. It is gate. I don't know where there, where he's at at his uh, house or wherever. There's a 10-footer laying right there by the – looks like a cattle guard, and it's laying huh. on the asphalt. I'm going, wow. Oh, That's a big one. Uh,
2: there was some guys.
1: That's a uh, real one.
2: <laughs> that was, was oh man. There was some guy fishing, some guy fishing outside the Army Hole, oh, a couple of years ago, and uh, somebody videoed him. And he's wading right out in front of the Army Hole on the bay front there, and uh, they videoed him wading along, casting, and then the video spans back behind him, and there's about an eight footer following him, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. about ten yards behind him, just swimming along right behind him, like like you were talking about, probably following a stringer, you know. Yeah, how'd you like to be wading along and have that that gator grab your stringer? He'd jerk you off your feet.
1: I pulled into a shoreline one day with a giant slick on it. I'd left Trinity. We already had our limit of reds, I mean uh, trout, and I said, uh, let's, let's run around the corner of Smith Point and run up that shoreline. I know where a bunch of redfish are, and we'll go get a limit of reds and call it a day. I got over there and right on that bluff there between the barbed wire fence and windmill, Said so there, there we go, man. Look at that big slick in there, right against that bluff. So I parked the boat, and we started heading in there, and it just, it didn't look right, and I kept seeing something in the water, and there was a big uh, heifer cow on the bank, just bellowing, just back and forth, and it, like in a panic. Well, that alligator, it had to be twelve plus. It had, it had taken her calf and drug it off in the water and was in the water eating it. That's what was making that giant slick. And oh, man. <laughs> my guys go, hey, man, we've had a great trip. <laughs> they, we, <laughs> we got a lot of trout, man. Let's, let's call it a day. I just, oh, I just started boy. laughing. We headed back to the boat. But, I mean, that big gator was in there. I said, well, he's not going to bother us because he's got him a calf to eat. And they said, that's all right, man. We've had a good trip. Let's go to the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, you bet. Man, oh, man. Yeah, one that size. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, that's big. That's real big.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. uh, you know, and you remember the guy, I mean, it wasn't a very smart decision. It was over in the Port Arthur area or wherever, said, uh, uh, big gator present, had a big sign up there at the pier or whatever, and they it was, it was young, young kids, and, uh, I guess, you know, probably alcohol involved. No swimming. Well, he decides in the middle of the night, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever, to dive off that dock and take a little dip out there. Well, he didn't come back. Gator got him. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that. That even made the news. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, they will eat you. I yes, mean, you they see will. it in Florida. I mean, I'm sorry, oh, yeah. uh, Well, we... We had a video guy, of an elderly uh, woman getting eaten by one over in Florida, in her backyard. Well, we had a
2: guy. We had a guy out of sea drifts that got uh, eaten,
1: but they 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 think maybe
2: that he had a heart attack and and died while he was waiting, and uh, and then the gator got him. Uh, probably around the the uh, oh the Guadalupe area, you know, mm-hmm. the, where the Guadalupe River comes.
1: Oh out. yeah, there's some big boys up that way.
2: Oh, big ones, yeah, but uh, they don't know for sure. But a, but a gator did get him. I mean, they they found his remains, and he had been
1: chewed well, on. Well, if he had a heart he, attack, he may have had it after the gator grabbed him or stalked well, him. Well, that's that's true. That's true too. Yeah.
2: Man, oh man. But he, he he came out missing. You know, he he was missing, and right. And when they searched for him, they found his remains, and, and anyway, what was left of him.
1: Uh, but uh, uh,
2: uh. yeah that's uh, not good i had a customer uh, we were across on the other side of san antonio bay we were waiting over there by that uh, observation tower and uh, we were waiting that cove and there's a lot of gators over there and i'd been catching a lot of redfish and such over there and i was waiting that flat and the sky i had with me was a was a uh, marine biologist and he was behind me and we were waiting over there and all of a sudden he hauled at me he said hey uh, What's that over to your left? And I looked over and I said, uh, <laughs> "That's an alligator." He said, "That's what I thought it was." And I kept waiting along, you know, and and uh, I looked over toward that gator, and that gator just kind of went down, you know. Uh-oh. Well, then he took off, and you could see a muddy streak going out across that that right. flat.
1: You know. That old tail wig.
2: Well, I I kept waiting, you know, and I looked back at that at that guy, and he hadn't moved. <laughs> he hadn't moved. To, <laughs> He (laughs) froze. He did. He froze. I said, hey, he's not coming this way. He went the other way. He said, I don't care. I don't like
1: it. Hey, I don't blame him. Hey, when they're big, they can have it. I'm gone. All right, buddy. Well, Lynn, I got to run, man. Hey, you have a great Father's Day and enjoy your time with your daughter and everything. So uh, if somebody wants to call you about coming to Port O'Connor and fishing with you, how they get a hold of you, take them to the gator hole, man.
2: Oh, yeah, man. I can do it. (laughs) All right, man, they can reach me uh, at 361-935-6833.
1: All right, buddy. Lynn, have a good one. Always a pleasure. Good stories.
2: You too, Mick. You have a good one, and uh, have a great Father's Day.
1: I'm going to do it. Looking forward to it. See you, man. All right. All right, man. That's Captain Lynn Smith down in Port O'Connor. It's time for our top of the hour break, national anthem and all that. Get another cup, sit back. We'll be right back after these messages.